It's no exaggeration to say that stress impacts our lives every day. And more often than not, people are starting to feel totally overloaded with the amount of stress and negativity piling up on them. I've been at that point where I just want out from under it all and I don't know where to turn anymore. Thankfully, I can help you all out now by sharing my expert's knowledge to lessen that load. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Dr. Annie White. Annie is a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and just wrote a book called The Calm Code. She is with us today to teach simple practices that we can start doing in seconds and improve our life in just three minutes. The episode itself is over 30 minutes long, so you have no excuse to not at least try one of the things she mentions. I've gotten some promising feedback from the 100th episode announcements already, but I'd love to hear what you have to think. Email dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on any of the social media pages. You can also reach me there if you're an expert in anything at all and want to come on the show to chat. For now, let's train our brains out of these ruts. Welcome to the show, Dr. Annie White. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. Why don't you introduce yourself for the audience? Uh, well... You did a very good job with my name. And I am a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. I just wrote a book called The Calm Code, which is a six-week step-by-step process that trains your mind to be calm, happy, and balanced instead of stressed or anxious or sad or irritable and all of those things. Okay. And what got you into all this? Like, where did it start? Well, when I was seeing patients in my office consistently people would come in and I noticed that most of what they were telling me was wrong with them was either rooted in stress, caused by stress, or had a huge stress component. So it occurred to me that if we didn't deal with their high stress levels, they would never be happy or healthy. And at that point, I had been very highly trained to treat the root cause of issues. So I really wanted to figure out what's the root cause of stress, you know, in our brains. And I did a deep dive into neuroscience and I didn't quit my job or anything, but I studied neuroscience for about a decade. And what I figured out was every one of our stressful, worrisome, anxious, those type of thoughts actually physically wires our mind to be more stressed and worried. Right. And so that's why people, you know, especially after a pandemic, are more stressed out than ever. And they get set off by littler and littler things because their mind has actually become wired to be more stressed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it seems like everywhere you look, everywhere, everyone seems to be more stressed and more anxious all the time. Is that I mean, like you're saying, is it kind of a snowball effect where like the more we get it, the more worse it gets? No, it's so true, Colton. And it's 
what we've seen with this pandemic is we've actually seen this transaction in the brain in action. So the pandemic, these studies are showing that the pandemic not only exacerbated anxiety and depression, but it caused it, right? Which, you know, and the American Psychological Association says 77% of people today in the U.S. have stress levels so high that it's affecting their physical health. It's hurting their physical health. So, yeah, the a lot of people are saying that this pandemic left in its wake, you know, a mental health epidemic. And it's true. Yeah. So it was interesting. I mean, I started all my work way before the pandemic ever hit because, you know, the 21st century was dubbed um, the epidemic. The stress was sorry, I, I phrased that wrong. Stress was dubbed the epidemic of the 21st century before this friggin' pandemic ever hit, right? So we were in trouble before it hit. It hit. Now we're just sort of in dire straits. And I, you know, I'm not trying to hyper be media-ish about it, but I don't want people feeling badly about themselves if they feel less than their best or less than what they less good than what they felt before this pandemic hit, because A, it's normal, and B, the pandemic actually caused it. Yeah, I think that is probably going to be relieving for some people to hear because they're like, what is wrong with me? All of a sudden, I'm just like, I'm wound so tight. Like, why Why do I feel like this? Yeah, and I went through that myself. It was sort of ironic because after I did all of this research and I was using some, I was using my tools with my patients, but it wasn't like we would sit down and I would say, okay, Colton, you're here and we are going to work on your neuroplasticity. You know, I just said, oh, okay, you're feeling this way. I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And I'll share some of the exercises with you um, in a little bit if you're interested. But I I didn't know firsthand that they actually worked. I mean, people told me that they were great, but I, you know, I, I didn't know if they were just being nice or what they were saying. And then I went through my own period where it was just a really high stress period. I moved, um, my dad got sick and actually died. We moved into a house with mold. I lost a business. It was just this whole year where it was like the universe was saying, Annie, uh, you, you need to use these tools and you need to experiment with this for yourself. <laughs> because, you know, before that, and this is a little bit embarrassing, but I had a little bit of trouble admitting that I was the one who would need these tools because I built them for my patients. I couldn't need them. I knew about stress. I knew about all this stuff. But as it turned out, I needed it worse than most of my patients did. <laughs> yeah. So then once I saw how well it worked, um, it became my mission to get it into the hands of people who need it because I know what it's like to live there. And it's 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 not fun. It's awful. Yeah, of course. And there's a certain amount of like awareness in that too, right? Because you're like, I developed the tools and I use them with other people Every day, I'm clearly aware of them, so I must be using them subconsciously. And then you look at it, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not using them because I didn't put in the effort to actually do the work. That's 100% true. And that's, I think you just phrased it better than anyone else has. Good. You know, it's like I knew about all of them. I had all of them. But it just doesn't work by osmosis. I had, I had to actually do the work. <laughs> I didn't. That's well said. Yeah, I do like that. Is there something to say, like, 
you know, I, I see it online all the time where people say, you know, this generation always is complaining about their stress and their anxiety. Are we genuinely seeing higher stress and anxiety levels in people in the newer generations? You know, is that like a trend that's going upward? And is it because we are exposed to so much more of everything, I guess, than prior generations were? Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. And a lot of people like to say it's social media, but I like that you didn't say that it's just social media because it, of course it is a little bit, but it's also like you were saying, we have all of this coming at us constantly all the time. I mean, even if you go to grab a coffee, do you see anybody in a line without their phone? Right there. We never have a second where we're not processing tons of information. And it's stressful and it's playing itself out, isn't it? Because we're actually seeing the cause and effect. Well, and if we're not seeing it on our phone or hearing it on TV, we're hearing other people around us talk about it because <laughs> they just learned about it this minute, even though we heard about it an hour ago. And so now we're just like extending the amount of time that we're hearing about horrible things. It's so true. And it's just this cycle and this perpetuation of this information cycle. And I hate to say, you know, the news can give us sort of a bad um, bent, you know, on information. But when I did my research, what I found was stress and negativity go hand in hand. And your stress pathways in your brain and your negative pathways in your brain have different pathways than the positive ones. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if stress and negativity create and strengthen those pathways, and the reason that negativity goes hand in hand, because every time we're stressed out, what are we triggered to consider? Worst case scenarios, because it was part of our survival. But worst case scenarios are always negative, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So we're strengthening both of those parts of our brain when we're stressed out. And then you add in the news and this negativity cycle, and then that further strengthen those pathways in our mind. Right. And so what you're saying is exactly right. We're in this pattern that is set up to build a mind that is stressed and bent to be more negative, have a more negative outlook on things. Yeah, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about, like, what you can do for yourself, but is there some way, you know, we as a society can help to reverse some of this trend before it gets, you know, to maximum bad levels? That's a really good question. I mean, I always had a dream when I was young to do positive news station, you know, and the more that we can do that and listen to podcasts like yours and listen to good news and focus on positive things, that will help in and of itself. You know, I I think the media ship and that sort of thing, it's it that's a that's a big ship to turn. You know, and the negativity is sort of addictive in the mind. And so they know that and they capitalize on that. But people in the world who are doing good things like your fabulous podcast, who's helping people. And the more people that can spend time listening and engaging and this sort of thing, I think would really help. Yeah. Just start doing these positive things until that becomes 
a better addiction for you than the negativity. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not, you know, here to throw out the book, but what I do say, well, what I do say in the book is start with three minutes twice a day and start building those pathways just as you would do for like a physical workout. If you wanted to get into better shape, if you want your brain to be in better shape, then start training it. Start training it with this positivity and these things that you can do. And I say do three minutes twice a day, build up to eight minutes twice a day, and it makes a huge difference for people. Okay, well, let's talk about that. I mean, what can we do during that period of time where we're like, we're going to do three minutes a day. What are some of the, the effective exercises that we can do to help build those pathways? Yeah, well... What I did was I researched what actually builds those pathways in the mind, like you're talking about. And one of those things is gratitude. Another thing is imagining your best possible self. Visualization is another one. Um, breathing in the correct way. And I'm going to teach you how to do that in a second. But what I did was I took all of these things and I combined them into tools that people can use. So for example, if you're worried about something, you can, instead of worrying about it, think about the situation turning out better than you ever expected, right? So while your brain is being triggered to consider all of those worst case scenarios, imagine it going really well. For instance, let's say I was really nervous about this interview today, right? And I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm going down all the worst case scenarios. What if I screw up? What if I don't make any sense? What if people don't understand? Right. Because we can go down that whole rabbit hole. Sure. But instead, I like to superpower my, and change those tracks. And I say, thank you, thank you, thank you that I rocked this interview. Thank you, thank you, thank you that I rocked this interview. And I stay on that until I feel myself calm down and feel better again. And I could even set my timer on my phone and do that for three straight minutes. And that would really help me feel better. Interesting. Yeah. So you're just like, I feel like I just had somebody talking about this where they said, you just need to change the framework that you're using. They're like, it's not so bad that you're thinking about things. It's just the way you're doing it that is affecting you poorly. Cause they said, I think it was Noah, uh, Noah St. John. And he had said, you know, we think about things and we're like, well, let's, let's use a positive affirmation. He goes, it doesn't work because you're lying to yourself. But if you frame it in a way that is like, well, why am I good at this? Or why is this true? Asking yourself a question can do something beneficial. Is that kind of the same way where you're like, if I just encourage myself rather than think about what could go wrong, I'll get there. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a way, right? It Because if you're thinking these positive thoughts, you're going to be training those positive pathways and strengthening those positive pathways, right? And if in that moment, let's even say it's too stressful. For instance, let's say somebody you love is really, really sick. And like you're saying, in those moments, you're not going to get to thank you, thank you, thank you that they're fine, right? Because you're lying to yourself and you're exactly right about that. So in those moments, think, bring up something else totally off that subject that you can feel grateful for in that moment. And you can keep changing things until that three minutes is up, right? And it could even be for simple things like, thank you, thank you, thank you, I have a roof over my head. Thank you, thank you, thank you that I have comfy pants I can wear or 
whatever you want it to be in that moment. And it doesn't have to be life-changing, you know, and world shifting. It can just be igniting those pathways. Yeah. You're like, just literally pick anything good happening to you or around you in the current moment and think about it for, like you said, you know, a couple minutes until you're like, okay, I have relaxed. I've calmed down. I am not so, you know, high strung. Yeah. Because in those moments when your stress and your, um, worst case scenario or negative pathways are activated, that's just happening. So when you switch those pathways in those moments, you are actually getting off of that worry track. You're getting off of that stress track and you're getting onto a better track that you actually um, want to be strengthening, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know that I have a good analogy for this, but you know, if you let something bad continue to happen, like the amount of damage that it does starts to build up. And this is your way of like intervening on that. Where you're like, instead of letting the waves crash into the side of my house, I'm going to build a wall that stops the waves from crashing into the side of the house. That's right. And it might take some time to build that wall. And it might take until that next storm. But if you put, you know, three to five bricks on that wall a day, things are going to start shifting. And those waves are not going to be able to take over anymore. Yeah. And just like, you know, everything else you do, like when you compared it to a physical exercise, you have to keep doing them. There is a level of maintenance required because if you do it for a brief period of time and then stop, like eventually you're going to overcome the amount of work you did. Yeah. And what I like to do is bring consciousness to the fact that observe how you're thinking, observe what's going on in your life. And if you're hitting a stressful time, those thoughts are going to be activated. So what do you need to do? You need to counteract it for more time during the day. If that makes sense. Yeah. Is there, I think a lot of this happens, you know, for me, I'll, I'll give myself as an example. I don't realize that I am feeling extremely stressed out about something until it becomes extraordinarily apparent. Is there kind of a way that I can get like a better grasp on just my awareness that that's Perfect happening? Perfect question. Love this question. All right. Colton. Yeah. Watch your breathing. Okay. If your breathing ever becomes shorter, quicker, closer together, you're in your stress mode. What do you do in those moments? I'm going to tell you. Okay. It's a three. I'm going to just give you a, a simple breathing technique. Okay. So it's going to be a three-step process. The first thing you want to do is think of something you're, you appreciate or you're grateful for because we're going to change those tracks, mm -hmm. right? In that moment. Second thing, I want you to put your left hand on your lower belly okay. and I want you to breathe in. And when you feel that lower belly extend toward the opposite wall, you're doing it right. Breathe all the way down deep into that lower belly. And the reason that we do this is because the stress response was made for us to run or fight something. So when you breathe in this way, you strongly tell your body, I'm not running. I'm not fighting. There's no real danger in this moment because you can't re breathe in that way if you're really in a life or death situation. So the best way to talk to your body is through your body. And the third step is you take your right index finger and you cover your right nostril. Okay. And you breathe in and out only through your left nostril. 
Studies have shown that activates your calm or parasympathetic nervous system and it calms you down faster. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you were, you're using biology to fight your, your subconscious biology. Yes, you are. Where you're like, okay, your body will not let you just take these big deep breaths if you're actively running from something. So if you can do it, like your body's like, oh, am I not running from something? <laughs> not well, correctly. it will know that you're not. Yeah. It's basically, we're safe. You know, and if in that moment you want to use I'm safe or it's all okay instead of something you're grateful for, that's fine too. You know, you can just keep saying, I'm safe. I'm I'm not in a life or death situation. I'm safe, you know, because that's what the body thinks is going on. I mean, the body thinks that we've all chosen to live in a neighborhood filled with saber-toothed tigers who are going to kill us every day, you know. But in reality, it's, you know, we're in a traffic jam or we have bills to pay or whatever 18 things in every moment that we can choose to be stressed about. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's a really good like safety net statement that you can kind of give people where you're like, I am not in a life or death situation right now because 99% of the time, hopefully you're not in a life or death situation. You might feel a little silly. Like, I mean, it's you and I here, but you know, putting my hand on my stomach and my finger on my nose, like I feel a little silly in the moment, but if it works, it works. And that's all that matters. So if you can't think like, oh, I am wearing comfy pants right now, which I am, or, oh, this, this new shirt feels nice, you can rely back on something very basic that is just almost universally true. Yep. Very basic, very simple. And I say for people, if they really are in a life or death situation, there are so many hotlines and pick up that phone and reach out to someone. Because, <laughs> excuse me. Every human gets into situations where they need help. You know, that's why we're not on earth by ourselves. And there's no shame in that game to reach out when you need help. And I'm not trying to say in these situations, you know, if it's dire that this tool is going to take over, but for it, for every other situation, it'll really help calm you down. I mean, if you spend three minutes doing that exercise, you're going to feel completely different after that. Yeah, it's not like this will 100% take care of all of your problems, but yeah. it can assist, right? <laughs> really? Well, and what I say is I'm not going to teach you everything to live in nothing ever bothers me, Liam, because that's not actually a place. But what it does when you train your mind to be more calm, happy, and balanced than it is stressed and anxious, you deal with stressful times and thoughts in a different way. You you actually have a second to decide, okay, how am I going to handle this? Is this going to wig me out? Or am I going to come up with some creative solutions in this moment? Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of situations where we all wish, oh, if I had just been calmer, I would have made a better decision. Or if I hadn't been so stressed, I would have thought this through. You know, just small everyday things where it's like you're in a very high stress you know buy it situation at a car dealership like if you take a moment and breathe through it you will kind of let some of that stress that the salesman is putting on you wash away and now you can make a little clearer decision right or even step into the bathroom you know and say hey i need a minute literally i need two minutes 
to just be by myself, step away and regroup. And if you do that breathing exercise in those moments and just whatever positive messaging that you can get behind to tell yourself in those moments will really calm you down. That yeah. it's, a, it's a really great technique for people to use. And I love the just in and out through the left nostril because it calms people down faster. So that can really, really help out. And what I noticed was uh, when I went through my really stressful time and I got to a pretty anxious, dark place. So um, I know what it's like to live there and I know what it's like to be there. And at one point um, a situation happened and it crossed my mind even to take my own life. So I, I'm not saying that um, it's not hard to get there because people can easily get there after very, very, very stressful periods and your thoughts become more and more negative. But what I noticed when I retrained my brain, things shifted, things became brighter again. And those thoughts weren't intruding anymore. And it's because all of my stressed and negative thoughts had really wired my mind to be geared to that. Yeah. And, you know, if there is anyone out there struggling and you feel really low, like there is no shame, like we said, in reaching out for help. That's what those hotlines exist for. That's why we don't live alone for the rest of our lives. Like there is always someone around somewhere in some format. So you know, make sure you do use those things, but, you know, take these lessons that we get and supplement those things. And, you know, I, I really like the idea that over time, this becomes like the preferred pathway for your brain. As it's like, if you just start rejecting some of that negativity and training up this other side, like you said, things get brighter because I think a lot of us kind of look at the world and it's, it's very dim sometimes. It is. And that's why I wanted to get this out to people. I mean, I set out a very structured, very specific six week process for people. And I'm not saying everything is going to be better after six weeks, but it's, it's going to feel a whole lot better. And then you just continue until you feel exactly the way that you want to feel. And it's a great tool for people to use to fight against all of the damage that's actually been done over the years. Well, and that's the thing, like, I think people naturally are going to complain like, well, it didn't a hundred percent cure my issue. Like, okay, well, are you going to instead choose 0% better over 80% better just because it doesn't make you a hundred percent better? Well, there, there is no hundred percent, you know, it's like, just try it, just do it. You know, it's, it's sort of like if somebody wants to get into good shape and they say, okay, I want to look like, let's say Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, it's going to take a lot of work to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but eventually because of how nature works, that can happen, right? So this is the exact same idea. You can actually train your brain to be a calm and happy and balanced brain. It's absolutely possible. Is stress never going to come up again? Of course not. We live in a stressful world, but you're going to deal with it better. You're going to deal with it in a more balanced way and you're going to feel so much better. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other part of, you know, stress and anxiety and depression that we haven't talked about is kind of our alternative treatment that we use probably primarily. I don't have the information on that, but I suppose you probably know, like, 
how often we are just medicating some of these issues. Yeah, I mean, medic so medication also has to do with neuroplasticity, right? It's why it takes four to six weeks for most medications in the brain to work. And I think sometimes people need them. You know, you get to a point where it's bigger than you are and you need something to kick you out of it. And that's fine if it's temporary. But I would also say it would really benefit you to also start training your mind, you know, to in addition to those things, because then you could work with your doctor and maybe decrease that medication or, and I don't ever do that by yourself and don't ever drop medications because it's very, very, very dangerous. I'm not talking to you, Colton. I'm talking to everyone. I have to say that because honestly, dropping any of those medications can cause suicide and you don't want that. Um, but if you work with your doctor, maybe you could get gradually get off of it over time. Yeah. And there's no shame in medication. I should say that. Like, I'm not trying to attack anyone on medication. I just have quite a few friends that work in very intense job lines, right? Like they work as paramedics or firefighters, things like that. And they have kind of taken to, at most points in their life, they're better now, but they're, you know, at most points in their life, they were like, just give me the medications and that will resolve my problem and I have to do no further work on it. And I think that is not, it isn't dismissed out there. I think there is kind of a large part of the marketing that says like, if you just take this pill, you don't have to do any more work. You'll be fine. Well, and it's a, it's, it's brilliant business plan, isn't it? Yeah. Like all pharmaceuticals are an absolute brilliant business plan. It's like, take this for the rest of your life. Okay. Like yeah. that's sort of a brilliant business plan. Um, but it's not necessarily beneficial. And the reason that we know that is because you can see the side effects. So if a medication really was beneficial for us, there wouldn't be any longer term side effects. Right. And if it was really natural, that wouldn't happen either. So I agree with you. There's no shame in the medication game. Just try if you can to make it temporary you know, a six month thing, a one year thing, not a lifetime thing, because that's when different negative effects can happen that you don't want. And then another part of this brilliant business plan is they say, oh, that's not working anymore. Let's give you additional ones, right? Take more of them. It's brilliant, but yeah. not beneficial to people in the long run. Yeah. I mean, that is like the marketing. And that's what I have heard from people is they're like, well, you know, it's going to 100% fix my problem, right? Like we were talking about, nothing's 100%. And they're like, well, it didn't get quite there on its own, so I got a second medication, and then that wasn't solving this other problem, so I got a third. It's like, okay, well, let's take a brief pause here. Let's do this, you know, take some breathing exercises, direct our positivity, and then see if after doing that for an extended period of time, we don't want to come down off some of these medications that do have sometimes fairly aggressive side effects. Yeah. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting this book into people's hands who need it, because it's a step-by-step -step process that is laid out for you, that if you follow it, it will train your mind. And 
I think it's so important for people right now for not only just not staying on these medicines, but also for, I wish I had this when I was 20 years old. Like my life would have been totally and completely different because we do have a choice. And that's what I'm also trying to get across to people. We do have a choice of how we feel, maybe not in that moment, but if you do the work, like you were saying, and you do what it takes, things change. They absolutely do. And that is, you know, the oldest story in the book, right? If nothing changes, nothing changes. So, you know, you do have to take some responsibility to do things like this. And this is a very easy one. Like, we're asking people for a couple minutes, three minutes, right? Like, give it a shot. Try it a couple times. That's a very low investment time. Yeah. And what I also say is, like, you know, nature takes its time. So if you're trying to look at a natural solution, and this is for anything, this is for diets, this is for feeling better, this is for everything. Nature doesn't work overnight. Nature doesn't change overnight. And I always tell my patients, it's sort of like when you plant tomato seeds, you can't eat those tomatoes that night for dinner. It takes time for those little guys to grow and to be your dinner. If you just have a tomato dinner or whatever, you know, but it is a good picture of how nature works and it's not overnight. And that's also why these drugs are a little bit worrisome because if they start working really, really fast, they're not working in a natural way. So. Well, I think that's something most people probably don't know is that they're like, oh, it worked right away and it must be good because it worked. And then we never reconsider it because we're like, well, it did kind of solve my problem. So I guess that I am taking this thing, you know, like you said, once a day, every day for the rest of my life. Like, I'm just doing that now because it did work right off the bat. Yeah. And most people on medications will tell you that over time they have to alter it or they have to add more or they, you know, things change too. But I like to give people an alternative. And just give them choices because it is, you know, they have the agency in their life to make their decisions. And I, you know, I don't say anybody is doing the wrong thing. All I'm saying is here's another option. Give it a shot. You know, yes. Does it entail some work? It does. Any improvement entails work. You know, if you want to study or if you want to work out, or if you can't walk up the stairs and you want to be able to walk up the stairs easily. Right. But over time that changes and then it doesn't take as much work to maintain it. Right. Well, I think that's all extremely valuable. Did you have any kind of like common misconceptions that you hear about, you know, stress or anxiety when people are talking to you and they're just like, you know, the general public is just kind of wrong about something. Do you ever see those? Yeah, I think they're, I honestly, just like we were talking about, I think they're wrong in the fact that they have no choice. This is happening to them. They have no choice in the matter. They're going to feel this way. And that is what it is because of the stress, because of the world, because of the X, Y, Z. And that's not true. What is true is that in every moment, What we can control are our reactions to that stress. 
So when these stressful things hit in situations, and I'm not trying to minimize them, but we can control our thoughts afterward. We can control how we respond. And I think that's important for people just to get their head around and say, hmm, okay, well, it's not happening to me. And I do have a say in the matter because it empowers them. It puts the power back in their hands, you know? Yeah. No, I think you're dead on. And I think that's great. And we've given, you know, good tips and a lot of valuable information here. Thank you again for being here. Why don't you make sure you tell everyone where they can find you and more of your work if they're looking for more. I am at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R Annie White.com. My book, The Calm Code, is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and iBooks and everywhere you find books. And if your local bookstore doesn't have have it, just tell them to get it because they can. There you go. And if you buy it online, as I always tell people, leave a good review because those good reviews help other people find these books. Definitely. Thank you. Yes. Thank you again. I have appreciated it immensely. I have loved being here and I love your podcast. I just think it's so valuable and all of the wonderful information and good feels you provide to people. So thanks for your work. Yes, thank you so much for saying that. Do you also appreciate my hard work on the Just Dumb Enough podcast? If so, pretty, pretty please take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. If you've really liked it, remember to subscribe for more episodes and check out the now over 100 episode backlog. Let me know what you'd like to hear by reaching out and emailing me dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or by sending a message to any of the show pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever else you find me. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. All right, one third of the way through the first month of the new year, so let's get these ranking updates. Number one, the United States, having taken back their top spot, currently led by top states Texas, Oregon, and California. Number two, the United Kingdom. Number three, Australia, kicked out of their brief spot as king of the top five. They are still led by New South Wales. Number four, New Zealand, reclaiming a top five spot. And in their first appearance on this list, number five, Thailand. Welcome to the top. It is so cool to see this country and the audience from there showing up in such big numbers so suddenly. That's it for this week. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you all Monday for a preparedness episode. Bye bye